0: Another business hit with a ransomware attack. Issues with cybersecurity have shut down yet another midwife. Data breaches, put the information of millions at risk. Here to give you peace of mind in an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This is your weekly tech in. This is Patrick Souls, the founder of Soul Tech Solutions, and welcome to the Weekly Tech It Podcast, where we give you peace of mind working with an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. So October is apparently a month of many awarenesses. Uh, Off the top of my head, National ADHD Awareness Month, as well as National Down Syndrome Awareness Month. Um, But one you probably don't already know is that October is also National Cybersecurity Awareness Month and has been every October since 2004. It was initially started by the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, which is a definite mouthful. Um, And that is an agency within the U.S., so it is uh, U.S.-based, but is now... Uh, recognized across the world, which is really cool. Uh, And also is spearheaded by the National Cybersecurity Alliance as well, which is not a government agency. Um, And uh, they have a theme for every year. And this theme, this year's theme, I kind of love, is going back to basics. Uh, And so there's four key components that they're really pushing um, in this this year's uh, awareness to... Really just make sure you're getting your basics covered and um, you're refreshed on what the basics are. Uh, and those are, their, their focuses this year are uh, enabling multi-factor authentication, using strong passwords and a password manager, updating your software, and recognizing and reporting phishing. Um, so real quick, we're just going to skim over some of those things um, Multi-factor authentication, by this point, you're probably pretty well aware of it. Uh, You might think it's a bit of a pain in the butt, but it's uh, kind of a necessity at this point. Microsoft claims uh, multi-factor authentication for their uh, accounts blocks 99% of all account compromise attacks, meaning a password was obtained, but no one had access to the account because MFA stopped the uh, account compromise. So... It can be a pain, yes. It's an extra step to log in, yes. Uh, But for a 99% success rate to stop 99% of account compromise attacks where a hacker already has your password, I think it's kind of worth it. Um, On the topic of passwords, using strong passwords and a password manager. Um, So definitely always double this up with MFA. Just because you have MFA doesn't mean you can uh, skip having a strong and secure password. Um, The... uh, CISA and NS sorry pooh and CSI ncsa oh my goodness acronyms in this industry are nuts uh those are the two people who uh, spearhead the national Cybersecurity awareness month they want you to have passwords that have at least 12 characters one uppercase letter one lowercase letter one number one symbol you've probably seen those requirements before you need them for a lot of different kinds of accounts i'm going to one up it actually uh, because that doesn't those are things that you need but doesn't tell you how to create a good password and really a good password is not a, a word at all but a pass phrase. Now the reason I recommend doing this is because with a pass phrase you can have all these elements you'll definitely have at least 12 characters. Uh, you'll def you can easily have an uppercase letter and a lowercase number and it's simple to add a number and symbol into it, but you will remember pass phrases phrases, excuse me, more than you will remember passwords which eliminates your uh, desire to have the same password for every account, which is a serious issue. Um, so something simple like a, a excerpt of a few words from your favorite poem, separate them by dashes, add a letter to one, or I'm uh, sorry, a number to one and a simple to another word, and boom, you have an incredibly secure password that you'll probably remember a whole lot easier. Now, they are also recommending using a password manager, and there are tons of free alternatives out there. I normally wouldn't speak against particular brands in this podcast, but I am going to tell you, stay away from LastPass. They are so far the only password manager to have data leaks and uh, account compromises. That is a bad thing. You do not want someone to get access to your password manager because they have all of your passwords. Uh, So a few of my favorites are Bitwarden, Passportal, keeper and one password those are all very very good and they all pretty much do the same thing so really just kind of take a look at them they all offer free accounts as well Um, and some of them you might really enjoy their uh, premium benefits if you get their paid versions too so definitely consider that it's uh, it'll change your life because then you can have your password manager come up with passwords for you all you have to remember is the password for the password manager and if you use it on your uh, say uh, iphone or android phone You probably don't even have to remember the password. You'll use Face ID or, uh, um, I almost said Touch ID, but that's not what it's called on Android, the fingerprint scanner. And uh, so, yeah, imagine a world where you only have to remember one password, but you're still secure everywhere else. Okay, next up, make sure you're updating software. We've all been there. I've been there. I get it pop-up comes up in the middle of your workday saying windows needs to update or some other app that you just opened to go use it uh, says it needs to update and you're like oh remind me later and then you just never do it you never get around to it um, the name of the game here is unpatched software has vulnerabilities typically these patches are coming through these updates are coming through so that they can cover up holes that hackers might use to get into stuff so fix these holes by running these updates if you are in a business or um working uh, in an office or something like that and you don't have an it person to help you with this put those updates on a schedule so that they're happening outside of business hours so that they're not interrupting your workflow but you're still staying safe and secure Uh, and then lastly uh, we have to recognize and report phishing if you are a manager a business owner or anything like that have Uh, trainings with your staff on this. Uh, Over 80% of cyber attacks occur because of human error and over 70% of cyber, cyber attacks happen or start with a phishing email. So train your employees to identify phishing emails and then report them. And I'm going to stress this, do not punish employees for clicking phishing emails. Do not make them laughing stock. Do not call them out because then they are never going to report phishing again. And that is a bad thing. You want them to let you know when there is a possible uh, security risk as soon as as you can possibly know about it. So don't talk down to your employees because they fell for it encourage them teach them how to identify it teach them what they missed in in the phishing attempt that they might have seen or or fallen for and grow from that okay so i know you're probably sick of it popping up on your computer the first thing that happens when you log in you get microsoft teams all in your face uh but hear me out software like teams it's called collaboration software, can act as a productivity multiplier for you and your team. Bear with me. I know you don't like it thrown in your face. It doesn't have to be, but trust me on this one. All right. So I mentioned Teams right off the bat because Teams is kind of the big dog in the the collaboration software game right now. Um, You've probably also heard of Zoom. Zoom does all the same things that Teams does. Slack was kind of a precursor um using channel-based collaboration um uh, that's been oh, at least i want to say seven or eight years now uh that they've been around <clears throat> so slack was one of the precursors for sure uh but all of these work just about the same you can get your entire team on them and when used correctly they can um really score some big wins some big productivity wins in, uh, in with your team um first and foremost cutting back time spent in meetings when you have open communication that doesn't require someone to check their email. um, Of course requires them to check the app, but it's probably a little bit less intrusive and they don't get so people don't get so worried about how much junk there they have to wade through to get to the, the good bits uh, the communications that they're actually looking for. It's way more organized in email as well. And it's live, it's live communication. You don't have to wait for an email to be sent. Uh, so you'll find that a lot of communication can be hap- can be done on the fly and you do not have to go through everyone's schedules, find a good time to meet, schedule a meeting, and then spend 15 minutes going over something that probably only needed a couple minutes to type out into a, a channel or a chat. Um, <clears throat> this can also significantly decrease miscommunication. Wow, what a word to mess up. This can significantly decrease miscommunication because uh, you have everything in text right there and available, searchable, um, and again, many times easier to use than than email. Uh, Whereas if something's passed through word of mouth um, because you can't get everyone in on the same meeting and then someone who wasn't in on that meeting uh, gets the memo third-party days later it's you know it's like the old game of telephone uh whereas with all of these apps you can send messages memos to everyone right away pin them to the top if they're important so that people can see them easier um so and it's it's text so unless you are entering the miscommunication uh I, i don't think you You'll have many problems with with people misreading what you're what you're typing. Um, a lot of this can help speed development and pro- or progress of projects uh, if that is something that your staff is doing. Uh, because again, it's live communication and it's very, very well organized communication as long as you have it set up correctly. Um, so again, you're not waiting for emails to be checked, answered, replied to, and checked again. Uh, it's live chat. This can happen with uh, remote workers as well um, to interact with employees as if they were there in the office, and uh, it's honestly, a less stuffy way for remote workers to react with other employees or interact with other employees uh, when they are uh, when they are working remotely, rather than having uh, okay, this one week, one day of the week, you have to come in for this meeting, which again. I don't know if you could tell. I don't really like meetings. I think most meetings could be emails or messages <laughs> in Teams. Um, but uh, yeah, a good collaboration software will let you know. Also, when people are in the office or if they're not in the office or if you have multiple offices, which office they are in, if they're on vacation, um, you know, it's like uh, like your status. I don't, this might be reaching back. It's like the status on MySpace, the, you know, it's it, it, rather than a post it's just like your current status, where you're at, what you're doing kind of thing, uh, but much simpler and much more professional. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how many of my listeners will have any idea what I'm talking about with the MySpace reference. Uh, but because of that, scheduling also becomes breezy because you can uh, easily see when people are available immediately if something needs to happen soon. Um, but I know... Zoom and Teams both include calendars, so you can easily see everyone's time off as well when you need to schedule something where everyone needs to be involved. Uh, And this helps you get out of email and getting lost in email. When memos are emailed, they tend to get lost or ignored. You'll have a much higher rate of staff reading memos when they're posted into a team channel. And overall, it just gets teams to work better together instead of working by themselves and then checking in every so often. So trust me on it if you already have it if teams is popping up on your screen whenever you log into your computer you already have teams get it set up if you need help talk to an it consultant because when it's set up correctly and used correctly it is a huge productivity multiplier wait did i hear that correctly windows 12 rumors all right so We've actually been seeing hints of Windows 12 development for a little over a year now. uh, But there's definitely been a ramp up in rumors recently, Um, (laughs) which I think is kind of ridiculous because most of us weren't even expecting Windows 11. When Windows 10 came out, it was actually described. You can find the advertisements. They're still on YouTube. uh, The Windows 10 advertisements that said it was the last version of Windows. And from there, they were just going to adversion numbers after that windows 10 point blah 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 Uh, which is something we uh, are already familiar with Um, before mac os was mac os it was called os 10 when apple got to the 10 mark then it was just os 10 point blah 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 Uh, until they switched it over to mac os and i guess that happened about the same year that windows 10 came out and so microsoft thought they were competing in marketing with uh (laughs) with apple there and it kind of fell in on them um but windows 11 like i said was a bit of a surprise and it went from rumors to an official reveal in literally like three weeks uh so while i don't think we'll be seeing uh windows 12 um like surprise release anytime soon like definitely not this year it could be in the next 12 to maybe 18 months that we see it. Um, It seems like shift uh, Microsoft could be shipped. Oh my goodness. It seems like Microsoft could be shifting to a a three-year development cycle, which is much, much shorter than what we are typically used to when it comes to windows versions, but also more along the lines of what we're used to with other software developers. Uh, But this doesn't necessarily mean that it could be windows 12. It could be the next big version of windows 11. Um, It's so it's, a three-year development cycle but not necessarily for numerations which is that numbered versions you see um and nothing of course has been confirmed by microsoft but <laughs> you it, you won't see anything confirmed by microsoft until they make an official announcement here's what we think we know so far um it seems like microsoft has been teasing the phrase the next generation of windows all the way back since may of this year and several rumors hinted a launch time sometime in the fall of next year which sounds about right windows 10 and 11 will likely still receive updates and continue to be supported Um, most versions continue to get support for about 10 years after they're launched or from the points where the next version comes out so i wouldn't worry about it if you're still on windows 10 and you're worried you're seeing these windows 12 rumors and you're wondering if uh, you have to upgrade you're probably good for a little while Uh, Microsoft offered free upgrades from Windows 7 to 10 and then again from 10 to 11 so we'll probably see a similar offer for Windows 12 and I think for the first time since Windows 7 we'll see system requirements increase Uh, but I think it'll just be the memory I think we'll go from 4 gigs of memory to 8 and I think this is to better address the typical needs of a, a personal computer and the apps that most people use typically need eight gigs of ram it's it's uh we're slowly getting to the point where 16 is the new norm which means eight would be the minimum um but that's my hypothesis i know i don't know um i don't know if we'll actually see that because microsoft does want windows to run on as many different computers as possible so they could keep the the lower system requirements AI features will likely be heavily integrated integrated into the entire operating system. In fact, if you've updated your computer in the last week or so, you've probably seen the beta for my, uh, yeah, Microsoft copilot or windows copilot. Um, we've already talked about AI in this podcast before, but now it's getting integrated into the, op- the operating system itself. They're starting with windows 11. I think they'll go even further with windows 12 and that it'll be baked into almost everything you do on the computer. Um, there could be some design changes as well. We saw some surprising design changes from 10 into 11. Uh, and I think they'll probably, um, they'll probably take those a little bit further. Some of the leaks that we've seen show like the taskbar floating rather than attached to the bottom of the screen. And uh, some informational elements like the time, uh, calendar, that sort of thing, moved to the top of the screen. If you've ever used a MacBook or an Apple computer and have used macOS, this will look familiar. That's what Apple's been doing for a while now. Um, And surprisingly we're seeing a rumor that desktop widgets will return, which, uh, you either have a love or a hate relationship with desktop widgets. I personally am not a huge fan. Um, or at least I wasn't the last time they were in windows, which was, uh, windows Vista, I believe. Um, (laughs) I thought they were gross. They made the computer slow. They didn't look good. Uh, and they were hard to deal with and there was no real standard to how they operated, but that doesn't mean that they won't be good in this iteration. macOS just added w- desktop widgets uh, in this year, actually, in uh, macOS Sonoma. And so far, people seem to like them. And that's probably because they're a whole lot more interactive than they were back on Windows Vista. Um, we could also see a redesigned notification center. Hopefully, it's more clean and organized. That's probably my biggest complaint, that there wasn't really much of a change to that going from Windows 10 to Windows 11. Uh, It can get cluttered very, very easily. And depending on your screen size and format, not easy to to read. So hopefully, they do work on the Notification Center. Uh, And we'll probably see small little tweaks to design elements all throughout the operating system, like in menus and fonts and that sort of thing. Um, But... Like I said, all of these are really just rumors. And Microsoft hasn't officially confirmed anything. So there's no reason to freak out. And if we do get surprised by Windows 12 you and you don't like it, you don't really want to upgrade, you can stick to your current operating system for quite a while. Probably, again, another 10 years or so. So, yeah, Windows 12 already. Uh, i'm kind of excited all right next week we'll talk about the possible skeletons in your it closet because it's october and uh, some reasons you might want to use airplane mode even if you're not on an airplane as well as our love and hate relationship we have with software as a service if you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode or if you have any questions you'd like to have answered in a future episode please feel free to reach out by emailing questions at soul solutions until then thank you for listening This is Patrick, logging out.